Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, my co-host, and we are Solid Steps Radio, a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. We also know the ladies listen, and that is quite all right, but our main audience of who we're speaking to are men. Uh, how you doing today, Kurt? Doing great, man. How you doing? I'm well. I'm here, and, and we're all... Uh, how, how, how are the boys doing? Hmm. Everybody was... Uh, nobody's throwing up. Nobody's... <laughs> it's all good. So we're all good. <laughs> Anytime you can keep everybody healthy, but everybody's fine. They're just wild as bucks. Those boys are. They are, aren't they? Yeah. I, so. lo- I love when I see your boys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a little I say that little, most of the time I love seeing them too that is uh, the truth but sometimes it's just a little taxing as you as you know being a parent so if you're listening and you're thinking well what, are we, what, what is this show all about we just talk about all kinds of different things from a guy's perspective but again ladies can pick up on things like this and, and we're talking about parenting over the next four weeks uh, we're doing a five week book study we've done this a couple of times on the show we've taken a book or a topic and we've unpacked it for about five weeks and we are on this week number two last week we had Ken Eidelman on and you talk about some gold there was nuggets there, of wisdom there was man. some serious wisdom <laughs> so uh, best thing to do is get out of Ken Eidelman's way when he's talking because he's, he's just a great guy smart wise uh, pastor president of a college and he's just we talked about parenting from a big picture and he gave some really great information about being a parent. So uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, go to our Facebook page, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Just type in Solid Steps Radio. You can also go to uh, furtherstoneministries.org, and you can type uh, on the microphone, and you'll be able to see. So we're, we're covering a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And that book has been around for, for decades now. And we're talking about how do you... How do you parent a child, not just behavior-driven parenting, but reaching the heart of a child? How do we not camp out in uh, their physical behavior, just act right, as opposed to not reaching just their outside, but their inside? So we're going to, it's a book that's very challenging. It's not your typical parenting book on how to. Uh, In fact, today we're going to dig into some stuff that will really challenge the status quo in regards to how we address parenting. You know, Chad, uh, um, just again, what Ken ta- talked about last week, which I thought it was awesome. It was uh, not, um, we got to know the Bible. We got to know what the Bible teaches, but we also have to really know our kids. Right. And the, 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 those three points that he talked about of really understanding our kids' love language, understanding their kind of their pathway to God, and then understanding their personality, those three things I think are critical yeah. um, to really reaching our kids' hearts. But um, I think it all starts with, you know, in, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at chapter five, uh, five, six, seven, and eight today about um, what, what are our goals for our kids? So uh, you and Jenna, mm-hmm. um, do you guys talk about goals for your kids? Uh, we talk real big picture goals, you know, Jesus is the main goal, and then after that, things start to fall off a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we always say we're raising men, not boys. You know, we're raising them to be, they're going to be men longer than they're going to be kids. And we raise them to, to leave the house and, and to go out into this world. So uh, we're just like anybody else. We're trying to figure out what the goals are. I have, I have a hard enough time setting goals for me and let alone setting them up for my kids, just being truthful. That's not a, an instant, you know, that it's kind of something that comes super easy for me. But, you know, just we want our kids to, to walk with God. That's the main goal in life. And yeah. I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Um, 
why don't you uh, why don't you introduce yeah i got uh, a couple buddies in, in in studio today we've got we're gonna we're gonna just gonna unpack all this yeah we got uh we always say we bring the experts in uh so <laughs> we've got uh good friends of mine we got cameron howell and uh rob cato and uh they're just some buddies of mine I said hey you guys are in the throes of this too they have kids we have similar ages and and we're we're trying to figure this out. Where Kurt is the old sage of the group. His kids are. I'm what? You're the sage. That's somebody who's you smart said, and you old. S- you said old man. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're wise. You're 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 down the road a little further. With your kids are having kids and uh, and and. Are you sucking college. up to me? Yes, I am. <laughs> You're my boss. <laughs> and But Cameron and Rob and I, we all have kids that are, are, are young and we're trying to fit. We are in the middle of this book in life, really raising up kids. So uh, we got them and uh, thank you guys for being on. Cameron, welcome to the show. It's great to have you, man. Kurt, thanks. It's great to be here. And Rob, welcome. Thank you. It's thank great. You. It's great to have you guys. And we're, so we're just going to have this dialogue. You know, uh, um, this this really has been my kind of manual that I have gone to over and over again. If I would have to say one book that has helped me be a dad and parent, it would be this book, Shepherding the Child's Heart, other than the Bible. And I think I think we I keep going back to this book, even though my kids are, you know, nineteen now and above that, nineteen through twenty five. Even then, I, I still because now I've got some foster grandkids, and I'm I'm looking at okay, how can I be a good papa? I can't believe I'm even saying that, I Chad. Know. That's like scary. But um, so in, in chapter five, he talks about um some unbiblical goals, and uh, you know, Cameron and, and Rob. You know, when he talks about um, developing, you know, sometimes we want we want for our kids, we want them to be, we want them to be good in basketball and baseball and football and uh, you know soccer and um, and uh, Rob, you were telling me uh, your your boy has uh, he's been going through uh, what he's got a black belt in what in Taekwondo, yeah, he was going through Taekwondo and and uh, and, and and he addresses sometimes we. It's okay to have skills, you know, in certain areas, but sometimes we go too too far. We want them to be excellent in all these things, and all of a sudden, it's like that's where we're just running like crazy through life, taking them to one practice, to the next practice, to the next practice. Cameron, you're shaking your head. What are your thoughts on that? Oh well, I, I know I grew up playing. Gosh three, four sports at a time. So I knew I had fun doing it as a kid, but I, I look back as a parent now and I'm, I'm definitely the rookie dad of the bunch, by the way, I have a two year old and one on the way and you got, you guys are way more expert than I am right now. But I just think about my parents now when they were my age, when I was little, like, gosh, they must've just been just running crazy for us constantly. But we kids, kids, we never knew it. We just thought that they liked it because we liked it. Yeah. I mean, I think the the tendency for parents to want our kids to be, um, involved in maybe not just one or two activities but like three or four or five activities and I think we're sending a message to our kids what do you think Rob you got thoughts on that you know I I think that we uh, we fall into that um, that idea that more skills equals more success and you know I've done it and and my parents did I'm the youngest of six and my parents put me into everything. I mean, I played everything from hockey to lacrosse to cricket. 
And, you know, they just kind of threw me into every sport and said, here, try this. Um, I've, I've fallen into that same thing with my son and realized that he's not necessarily getting all that much from doing all these different sports. Matter of fact, he's come back and told me, hey, Dad, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm not that competitive. And, uh, and I said, well, maybe, you know, I need to take a step back and, and review this a little bit. Um, this book, I mean, that really opened my eyes when I got to developing special skills section and looked at that and said, I'm that parent. You know, I'm that one forcing my kid to play guitar and, and, and go and play different sports. And there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. We just have to be balanced and we have to have the wisdom to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think, you know, when, when we think about developing special skills, I think what we, ha- what we have to ask is, what is the biblical definition? He, he addresses this in the book. What is the biblical definition of success? And, and it's, 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 yes, we can learn skills and we need to have some skills. We, we, we need to, um, but it, that's not the ultimate goal. He also mentions uh, psychological adjustment, you know, did, um, how, you know, making sure they have the, the proper self-esteem, you know. And, uh, and again, that's, there's, there's a level of we need to have wisdom with that, but that's not the ultimate goal. And, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, he mentions in, uh, in here also that a, a, a goal that's not fully accurate, it's a little bit what I would call maybe insufficient, is a, our, our, we want our kids, saved kids. We want our kids to get saved. Keep them out of hell. Mm. Keep yep. them out of hell. That's right. the magic bullet. Right. Yep. You know, and, and, and I've actually, I've heard, you know, being a pastor for 25 plus years, I've had, I've, I've heard parents go when their kid turns to Jesus and they're baptized and they go, oh, oh, great. I got him, you know, and, and we do, we we need to celebrate that. I'm not, but that's just baby step number one. I mean, that's just the very beginning. He, and he, and he talks about that we, what we really need. He says, um, there are many passages in the Bible that we need to teach. Yes, we need that, that they trust Jesus but we, it's to shepherd them, to train them, to instruct them, to discipline our kids. You know, it's not just to have them baptized and to profess Christ. We want them far, something far greater than that. When you, re- when you guys read that, what did you think? No, I agree. I mean, I, <clears throat> I read that one part where he says, um, you can never know with absolute certainty whether a child is saved. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm always thinking that my son says the right things. You know, he talks to me, but does he believe it? Um, I know, Chad, you, you baptized all your children fairly young, didn't you? Yeah, when they were quote-unquote of age. Yeah, eight or, I think eight years old, yeah. My, my son still has yet to be baptized, but he wants to be, and I want to make sure that he's sure. That that's what he wants, because oftentimes children look to their parents and they want to please them, not please God. So uh, I want to make sure that that's what he really wants to do for God and not for me. Wow. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're talking more about unhealthy goals, Uh, things that we as parents, there's a lot of pressure in society for us to do certain things as parents. If you're not having them in enough activities or in enough church activities or doing certain things, And so we're going to talk more about unhealthy goals, but also what do healthy goals look like if we are raising our children to get their heart and not just their behavior. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly 
on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. We are talking about Shepherding a Child's Heart, book by Ted Tripp. And uh, we are in week two of a five-week series, and we are just hitting all the bases of how do we shepherd a child's heart as parents raising up kids in this world today, which is challenging enough. But we want to thank a couple of our sponsors, uh, Ellen and Credit Union. They have been around since 1954. That's almost as long as Kurt's been around. And it is, they have been a great institution. Dude, that, <laughs> That's that was, two old references that, that, I've had, dude, right? That, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're hurting my feelings. Sorry about that. Well, your feelings are really high on my priority list. <laughs> Ellen and Credit Union has been around a long time. They are a pillar in this community, and they got $1.1 billion in assets. They're, they're, well, they're, they're doing okay. And uh, they've been around for that long, and you're not going to be around that long if you're not doing things well. And so Ellen and Credit Union, we want to thank them for sponsoring our show. And also want to thank Vision First. Vision First Eye Care, uh, they're as good as they get in this city. Uh, they've got locations throughout the entire state, southern Indiana. I get my eyes taken care of over there. And the white, reason I like Vision First is I'm not just a set of eyeballs. I'm a person behind the eyeballs. And they really want to take care of your overall health. So we want to thank LNN and Vision First for being sponsors of our show. And if you just joined us, the first segment we were talking about unbiblical goals if you're raising your kids there are certain goals that we have that aren't really they may be the world's goals but they're not necessarily god's goals one of them was developing special skills baseball football hockey soccer you name it we got our kids in a lot if you have your children in a lot of activities it's not a bad thing but that's not necessarily god's plan for their life to develop special skills also another goal that it isn't really biblical psychological adjustment to make sure that psychologically they are adjusted well enough and they have a proper view what, of whatever himself. that means yeah, right <laughs> i'm still trying to tweak my psychological adjustment as, a, as an adult and then having saved children how can that not be a biblical goal well getting kids saved and keeping them out of hell is not god's goal for their life well um in one sense uh, a little piece of it is right. very small but but um yes i mean yes he wants all i the, say very small jesus said i came to save yeah right? i mean he, he does yeah. want our kids to come to a saving faith and trust in Jesus Christ, right. but even more than that, there's yep. there's more to that, um, and and you know, um, uh, he he mentions in here family worship, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know this whole piece of you know reading the Bible together with your with your with your family, uh, maybe singing a, a song or two or three or whatever, um, praying together as a family. He says, but even that that's 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 not the ultimate goal. Uh, and Chad, you were talking about some of your family worship time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read directly from the book real quick. He says here, some parents are persuaded that the family that prays together stays together, so they determine to have daily Bible reading times. Each family f- member must be present. They are consistent, or, or what's that word, constituous about? Uh, They're conscientious about the need for daily devotions. See, that I can't even read that big word. Uh, about <laughs> needing for daily devotions. But as valuable as family worship is, there's no substitute for true spirituality. Now, we, we have partaken of something that resembles family worship. Uh, we get all the kids together and we will sing a few songs that they know. I'll open up the Bible. Somebody will teach from it, me or Jenna. And then we'll spend some time praying for people. But there have been many times more than I want to admit where during the family worship time, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, you sit down there while I read God's word. I mean, <laughs> just totally backwards of what, but I'm doing the outward. Yep. We're doing the checklist. We are all sitting here reading the Bible but I'm not reaching their hearts. There's been many a time where it has just been lost, where I've done the act, but I've really lost them because it's just doing the outward 
And when he says true spirituality, we're going after the heart. And family worship is not just about getting together to do and devote. Ken, Ken Eidemann talked last week, great wisdom about bookending your day with God, mm-hmm. opening up the word of God in the morning and at night, talking about and praying uh, about things at the end of the day. Wonderful things. But if that is the end result, we've missed the mark. Well, yeah, we can make it a checklist. Right. You know, we just check it off. Okay, right, right, we, we did our quick prayer today and we did our quick Bible reading today. And, and our kids will notice if that's just rote, you know, just done out of mechanics or whether there's a heart with it. And one of the things, uh, Chad, over the years that, and I, uh, you guys, I don't know if you can resonate with this, but we always tried to use stories, captivating stories that teach a principle of God's truth, of God's word. And the kids, are, they're, they're, many times they're on the edge of their seat and they're like, what, what's going to happen next? And at times we would say, okay, we're going to finish the story later tonight. Or, you know, um, that, that's in the morning. And they're like, they can't wait for that story to be told, you know, to finish that story later on. Uh, do you guys resonate with that at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I, again, my daughter is, is only two years old, but we have the, uh, a couple, I guess a couple of different like children's Bibles for her. And we try to read the stories and try to make it fun and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of trying to engage the heart of your child as you're teaching them the Bible or going through things, because ultimately it's ultimately we want our kids not to just remember nice stories, but we want them to know him. Yes. We want them to know him. That's why we, you know, it's not like Chad mentioned the checklist and going through the and checking the boxes and stuff like that. We can be so external as I know I can be. <laughs> um, and it's ultimately we want our kids to know him. And I think that if we... If we can know him, if I can know him better as a dad and how much of a good father he is to me, then I think that that will pour out into my daughter and my future kids as we go on. So. Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, Cameron, because you know Deuteronomy 6 says that we're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, you know, us as moms and dads. Mm-hmm. And then he says, now... Now that it's on your heart, impress them on your children. You know, talk about it when you sit at home and when you're, when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You know, make make sure that it's on your heart. I mean, I think that's critical. And um, yeah, he writes in here also. He says, "I know a family that never missed family worship. They read the Bible and prayed each day, but." In family living and family values, there was no connection between the family worship routine mm. and life. Mm. Mm. I highlighted that section too. That <clears throat> that resonated to me. My my son, you know, he goes to a Christian school. We read the Bible every every morning, every night, and we've done it for years. Uh, now he's reading it to me because I need glasses to read. So I just <laughs> I hand it to him and have him read it to me. But he, he points out as we're driving to the school bus, me screaming at the people in front of me because I'm running late. And he says, Dad, we just read the Bible. Mm. And, and here Dang. you are screaming at the person in front <laughs> of you. Dad, you're acting like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that he's able to make the connection. Mm. But with me not making the connection and providing that experience for him, I, that's a failure for me. And, and I'm glad that he was able to point that out. Um, but you have to be consistent through life, not just have these moments. You know, he talks about that in the book, about the, the, the consistency. And I remember my dad used to say this all the time. I'm, I'm so grateful. I mean, it's consistency. 
if we fudge in one area, our kids can smell that. They can see it a mile away, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're I mean, smart. They are smart. Our kids, they are sharp, sharp kids. So, so family worship is, is good, reading the Bible together and all that. And we, we need to do that. But that's not uh, that's insufficient. I mean, that's that's not the ultimate goal. Then he talks about well-behaved children, mm. and uh, like you know, make sure they mind. If we have a you know, our goal is I want my kid to be well-behaved. He says that's 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 really secondary. We we have to go after the heart. Mm-hmm. If you read through the Gospels. Jesus's harshest words mm. were for the most well-behaved people. Oh my goodness! They the were, Pharisees. Oh, they behaved. They, they to prayed. The tea. They fasted. They read the Bible. And he and, said, "Your insides are like whitewashed tombs. There's dead bones inside of you. Ooh. It's your heart." And so, what when we when we raise little kids to be well-behaved? Which again, yesterday I was at the zoo with a couple of them. And it was appropriate we were at the zoo because I had two monkeys running around. They were just like, you know, and they were spreading their wings and they were running around. But on the way there, they've got this really bad habit of wanting to slide out of their seat and take their belt off and just kind of bounce around the back seat. Well, that's a behavior that is unacceptable, not because I want them to behave well, but because I want them to be safe. I want them to be wise. That's not smart to bounce around. And I, and I pumped the brake once. <laughs> and, and I was looking and I just pumped the brake once. A kid disappeared. Like <laughs> he fell on the ground, and he goes, "You did that on purpose." <laughs> so bad parenting. But the truth of the matter is, behavior was important there. But gosh, if I just say act right, and don't give him our underlying reason of why I want you to do that, boy, I, we're missing the boat. Oh my! Uh, he, he mentions in here the burning issue. Really, when we want well-behaved kids, becomes what other people think, right. rather than what God thinks. And so we, we want these well-behaved children so that people think well of us and think well of the kids, and that's really a, a, that's the wrong goal. You gonna say something, Rob? No, I mean, uh, I spent the last 16 years working in restaurants, and well-behaved kids in restaurants is what everybody wants to achieve. Sure. You don't want your kid running around in the restaurant while everybody's trying to eat. Right. Now, my son, the only time he could spend time with me is at the restaurant. So from age one on up, and now he's 10 years old, He's always been running around the restaurant acting like he owns the place. And people would always be like, you know, what's up with this kid? <laughs> and, you know, for me, it wasn't an issue. Right. Um, but I noticed for a lot of parents, I mean, they would literally come up to the manager of the restaurant and say, hey, can you do something about this? And, you know, that just seems to be the expectation of everybody is that you have to have well-behaved children in public. You know, I, I know you have many children. I have one. Uh, it may be easier to have a well-behaved child versus multiple children because it's, uh, I can't even imagine, you know, having more than one. It's, it's a handful. Well, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the point is not, I mean, it's not that we want our kids running around like craziness, but, uh, but the go- and there's nothing wrong with having well-behaved kids. Again, that's just not the ultimate goal. Right. Well, we're going to take a break, come back, and we, we talked the first two segments about, and we're going to hit on a couple more maybe unbiblical goals, but we want to talk about, okay, what are biblical goals? And actually, all of the things we've mentioned can be biblical goals if we go further enough with it as, as we need to. So we're yeah. going to talk about that in the next couple segments. We're going to be back shortly. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back. 
Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. We're here with our buddies Rob and Cameron, and we're talking about the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. We're all parents in this room. We're trying to figure this out about what parenting looks like. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors, two more of our sponsors, Frank Enterprises. They've been around since 1997 in business. And if you have a septic system in your property and you have never had it cleaned, inspected, or what the deal is, you need to make sure that's taken care of. So Frank Enterprises does that. They do septic cleaning and installations and, uh, or excuse me, uh, repairs and just overall assessments of your septic system. And also, if you have any land drainage issues with water, they take care of that. Frank Enterprises a sponsor of our show, and also Bright Star Home Care. Bright Star helps people make transitions in life that they really need, whether that is personal care, transitional care from living independent to living to needing some dependent, uh, Alzheimer and dementia care, medication management, you name it. They've got all kinds of services. Bright Star Home Care is a, is a company that is in dire need right now, and you may be knocking on that door and need them, and, and they're great folks to do that. So, you know, this book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, is just really, I, I think it's so rich because I, I never really thought in terms of having the wrong goals. I mean, I, was, I, I wanted my kids behaved, and I wanted, you know, and one of them is good education. You know, we, we didn't talk about that one yet, but many times, you know, hey, we want our kids to be well Educated. He talks about in here, you know, some some of the parents are really driven. They'll work with their little child every night for hours. They coach and prod. They encourage and warn. They st- stop at nothing to have their child succeed in academia. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But he's saying that's that's not the full goal. Did you when, when you guys read that? What did you think? I read it and, and felt that you know education doesn't stop at the school. And and one of the things that I found is that you know we can look at children that have been well educated that are really poorly equipped for life um you know they're they're book smart and so when i look at my child and i say you know i want him to do really well in school and he does um he's still not equipped to go out into the world in a secular world and deal with life's situations um and and so that it doesn't stop at the school yeah i mean and and having them well educated doesn't teach them how to live in a biblical framework. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, for me, Kurt, when I read this, it was just kind of like the same, all these different things, having well-behaved children, wanting kids to get good education, developing the skills for sports. It all stems from me as a parent trying to make the fruit good, trying to make the fruit good with effort. Mm. And when we when we try to do that, when we're like forcing that issue of wanting our kids to be all these things, it's a force thing. And it's, it's like almost like a, it's like religion, like rules, like we talked about, but it's when we can, when we make the tree good, then the fruit's just good automatically. Yes. Right. And so, but as parents, we want our kids to have all these things. I think more for, for our well-being than for theirs almost. Oh, many times. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think we we do things for, you know, pushing our things onto our kids because it's really for us. And he, he had really, um, he, he, he says in the book that what we really have to, the, the, the number one goal for our kids is he asks the question, what is the chief end of man? It's, it comes from the shorter catechism, the Westminster Catechism, as what is the chief end of man? And he's, it, he answered, it's answered in, in a twofold way. What do what, you think about those, the, 
man's chief end is to what, Rob? It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Number two. Number one, glorify God. Number two, enjoy him forever. Now, he's like, what? Glorify God and enjoy him forever? What in the world does that mean? And he says, really, is there any other goal? To glorify God means to, we, we live for his honor. We live for his glory. And yet so many times it's, as parents, it's for our honor. It's for, we want our kids to make us look good. Have you ever thought about that, Chad? Yeah, I'm really quick to want to tell somebody when one of my boys does something, you know, really good. And most of the time, I'm not really doing that because of them. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that because I want everybody to think I'm a great parent. Yeah. That's selfishness. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, yeah, most of the time when we, 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 we do something wanting the praise of men versus the praise of God. Do I want to raise well-behaved children? Yes. Why? Is it because it makes my life easier? It does. Is it because I want everybody to think I'm a great parent? They might. But the real reason I want to raise great kids, well-behaved kids, is really it, it glorifies God. In, it's, it, that's the ultimate end. I should be telling my kids, I want you to act in a certain way because it glorifies God, because people will be a blessed to be around you because you are from God. You're a gift from God. And, and a lot of times, I'd like to tell you that's why I do the things, but it really isn't. I mean, it's so easy. Uh, we're, what we're talking about is motivation here. Mm-hmm. Really, what is, what's driving our hearts as dads? Mm-hmm. You know, do, are we helping our kids have a Godward orientation? Are we pointing to the Lord? And then the, the whole enjoy, you know, glorify God and enjoy him forever, which to me really, when, when you hear enjoy him forever, Cameron, what do you think about that? What, what enters your mind? I think when I hear that, I, I just think bringing God into everything that we do, everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything, and not just, not just being, you know, it's not like it's treating our lives as Jesus Incorporated, like I'm going to incorporate Jesus into my life and do what I want to do. Come on, Jesus, let's go this way and do what I want to do. No, it's enjoying, it's bringing, knowing that it, it all comes from him anyway, Yeah, <laughs> and it enjoying him in that aspect of it um that's kind of what i well yeah and and it's it's really throughout our daily experience it's yet it's great to have a quiet time with our kids or you know devotional time or family worship time or whatever but it's 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 enjoying this relationship with god all day long Mm. you have thoughts rob yeah i mean it goes back to the idea of consistency in life yeah um you know and one of the things that he mentions is that you must equip your children to function in a culture that has abandoned the knowledge of God. Even Christians to this day, many of them haven't even read the Bible. You know, they profess to, to understand Christ and know Christ, but they haven't read the Bible. They, and, but, but, and, and by doing that, by not reading the Bible, by not spending time in God's truth and God's word, we're sending a very powerful message to our kids. Correct. Right? Yeah. I, I, I cut you off, though. You were going to continue on. No, you know, I, I think that the trend of apologetics in, in, uh, in, in Christian thought, you know, in, in, in how we, uh, uh, we go out into the secular world, I think we should be teaching that at a younger age. I think we should be teaching kids on how to answer hard questions that come to them as they're going out throughout their daily life. What, what you're talking about is really equipping our kids, preparing our kids, training our kids to be salt of the earth, light of the world, people. 
Correct. I mean, that's, you know, that I, I think that's part of the goal of, of, of how we glorify God. I mean, we are letting our light shine for the glory of God. It says here, he writes, <clears throat> the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Therefore, your objective, fathers, in every context must mm. be to set a biblical worldview before your children. Mm. From their earliest days, they must be taught that they are creatures made in the image of God, made for God. Why should I behave well, Dad? Because you're, you are put here with a purpose. Mm. You are made in God's image. That's it. And you are his child and made to be in relationship with him. And if I tell him you act right because I don't want you to embarrass daddy, we're sa- who's well, the God there then? Oh my goodness. Me. We, we, we are sending a powerful message. Wrong father. Re- absolutely. You know, in one sense, uh, this is going to be a strong statement, but in one sense, we are teaching them idolatry. Right. And I'll never forget, I had an old professor years ago when I was, um, when I was pastoring, and uh, I, I just wanted to have the church grow, and I wanted to have the, the you know, people's lives being changed. And there were some positive things with that, but my professor, I'll never forget, he, he pushed the cup of coffee, leaned into the table uh, to the side, and leaned toward me and said, Kurt, that's part idolatry. My friend, that's idolatry. And there was some good things, but my, the goal was for me to look good. The goal was for me to be successful. The goal was for me and, and not for the Lord. And he was discerning enough and wise enough to pull that out. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so we have to just constantly, <clears throat> you know, examine our hearts. You know, uh, we can teach our kids idolatry and we don't even know it. When you guys uh, read that in the book, did that... Um, that resonate with you, Cameron? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it just goes back to that innate, that innate selfishness that we have as people mm. that comes ultimately from the fall of man. I mean, we were born into Adam, and that ultimately means we were born into being separated from God and being totally self-focused, right? So if that heart change doesn't happen in us, then it's going to be hard for that to happen in our kids, and we're going to communicate that almost that idolatry like you mentioned to our kids because it's just an unconscious thing that we haven't examined in our own hearts. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to do this perfectly. I mean, right. but, but when we, right. we, we just have to, that's why it's a daily thing to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And so every day we wake up, Lord, help me to glorify you. Help, grace, help my yeah. life, help me, my life to point to you and help me to just walk with you today. Yeah, and, and right here, one more section here as we go into the next segment. It says, for example, if you teach your children to obey and to perform for approval from you and others, you present an unbiblical objective. God says we should do all for his glory because his eye is upon us and he is the rewarder of the just. People will respond well to a child who obeys, but you cannot make that secondary benefit of obedience the primary reason for obeying. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in the next segment and talk more about what are the proper goals. How do we raise these kids uh, to not just behave well, but to become well from inside out. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. If you're just joining us, we're talking about Shepherding a Child's Heart, the book by Ted Tripp. 
And we're talking about how do we develop, uh, raise children, not just to behave well, but their inside. How do we get to the heart of our children? And if you want to get to the heart of your financial, see how what I did there? Yeah, that's, uh, Dan uh, Hart cl- Financial. Classic. See, yeah, Dan Hart is a, uh, a sponsor of our show and Dan Hart <coughs> uh, Financial Services. They help people. It says they're financial guides for your journey. They help people move toward their preferred future acting as their financial guide. So Dan Hart Financial uh, at heartfinancial.com. And if you want to hear any of our past uh, of this show or any of our past shows, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or just iTunes, wherever you hear podcasts, go to iTunes primarily and type in Solid Steps Radio and you'll hear all of our past shows commercial-free in their entirety. Thanks to our sponsors. You know, Chad, I think many times when we as dads, when we are parenting our kids, we we, we don't we don't wake up in the morning and go, okay, how, I'm going to make sure I send mixed signals. <laughs> how can I ruin my to, kids? Yes, yes. How, how can I send conflicting messages to, to, to our, my kids? But so many times, that's what we do. Mm. Uh, I remember my dad used to say over and over again, it's consistency. you got to be consistent. Uh, and one of the examples he gives it here is, what values do we teach by the practices that we kind of just flesh out every day? So he says, many families who always have time for team practice and sports um, that trump regular times of Bible reading as a family, praying together as a family, even going to church and worshiping together as a family. He says, well, what values are being taught? And um, he says, uh, when the Lord's Day comes and it plays second fiddle to baseball practice or a swim meet, what are we communicating to our kids? Rob, what, what do you think about that? Well, you know, he says that uh, it communicates self-love and self-trust, mm. um, that our kids are turning their hearts away from God when they do sports, and they have the pride in doing that sport for their own purposes. Um, and, and it talks about, uh, you know, his, the biblical worldview dictates that you should teach your children to exercise and care for their bodies, but do it as an expression of stewardship for God's gifts. So there's nothing wrong with sports, and there's nothing wrong with activities like that. It's just making sure the focus is... Focus is on God and, and what He's given you yeah. and, and those talents and how you use it for Him. Yeah, I mean, so many times we can we just, we, we just miss it a little bit. Again, there's nothing wrong with these types of, you know, uh, uh, activities. Uh, I mean, God wants our kids to be saved, you know, but Cam... Um, it's it's not enough just to get our kids saved. It's not enough. What what do you th- what were you going to mention? No, I, and I love what he talks about. Um, and he talks about rethinking the matter of getting our children saved. And I'm just pretty much reading straight from the book, if you don't mind. But uh, perhaps oh, one good. perhaps one of the problems with this perspective of getting our kids saved is that it looks for a major spiritual event of salvation and misses the spiritual process of nurturing your children. Um, he says, what our children need is spiritual nurture. or sp- Yes, yeah, spiritual nurture. They need to be taught the ways of God. They need to be instructed in the character of God so that they get learn a proper fear of God. They need to understand that all of life rushes towards the day when we shall stand before God and give account. They need to learn about the pervasive effects of the fall on the human condition. They need to understand subtleties of the malignancy of their own hearts. They need to know the dangers of trusting in themselves. They need to answer to the greatest problems of life. And in, in, in the Bible, and I'm not sure where, Kurt, you may be able to point to it directly, but it says in all, in all our getting, we need to get understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, we kind of perish for a lack of knowledge in certain respects when it comes to our walk with Christ. And so, um, and I love at the very kind of at the, this last part here, we talks about 
repentance and faith are not rites of initiation to Christianity. Repentance and faith are the way to relate to God. Repentance and faith are not acts performed one time to become a Christian, you know, praying the prayer and being done with it, right? Yeah. They are attitudes of the heart towards ourselves and our sin. Faith is not just the way to get saved. It is the lifeline of Christian living. And it's just, it's going back to that thing we've been talking about, just that real teaching our kids that it's about the relationship and not the methods and principles. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what he says in, in the, uh, what is the chief end of man? We're to glorify God, right. enjoy him forever, and continue to sprinkle that out through everything that we do, and having this constant Godward orientation. I, we used to say it in our home, how do we create a culture of prayer? So we pray in the morning, but it's, and we pray maybe at bedtime, but it's, it's, how do we pray throughout the day? How do we have this Godward orientation? Um, I, I highlighted that as well, that whole faith and repentance piece. Yeah. In, fact, in fact, I put two stars beside yeah. that because it's ongoing. It's not, it's not we repent and give our lives to Jesus and then, okay, we did it once. It's an ongoing, like, I mean, everyone, we blow it every day. We blow it all the time. It's faith and repentance, faith and repentance, trusting the Lord all, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, you were going to talk about, um, you know, again, well-behaved kids um, yeah, we want well-behaved kids, but it's it's the motive behind it. I was at the zoo, like I said the other day, and I heard a, a mom out. It's always good to hear other people say things out loud that are so ridiculous that then when you hear it yourself, <laughs> you don't hear yourself say it. It doesn't sound as ridiculous. But when someone else says it, you're like, oh, my gosh. She said she she was telling her child, you know, you got to keep up with me. You need to. Or it, it was kind of threatening. Like, if you don't keep up with me, then, you know, I'm going to leave you. Which they're not going to, you're not going to leave your kid, right? But how many times have I said something that manipulated the situation? I'm manipulating your behavior. If you don't do this, then something's going to happen. And he, and he writes here, having well-behaved children is not a bad thing. But here's the the context. He says, you cannot use Miss Manners' approach as in the columnist mismanners approach because it is simply an elaborate means of pleasant social manipulation. Mm. In a biblical vision, manners are an expression and application of the duty of loving my neighbor as myself. When saying please and thank you are rooted in what it means to look out for the interests of others, they become an expression of biblical love. The two greatest commandments, Jesus said, was to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love others as you love yourself. So for when I see a someone and my, teach my kids, say please when you ask for something and thank you when they give it, if I'm saying act that way because it makes me look good and we want to make sure we're behaving right, that's, that's, it falls short. But when we say you are honoring and loving this person by showing them respect as they are an image of God, created in God's image, and you are showing them love by saying, you are important, thank you for giving me something. Boy, that changes the whole manner of why I'm telling them to, to say please It really you. does. It really, it, it goes back to the heart. Right. It goes back to the heart. He, he talks about under good education. He says, yes, good education, um, but, but it's... It, it, you know, if we want a good education, we get A's in school, get good grades. So if you work hard, you'll be able to get a good job because so you can earn lots of money when you grow up. Is that a biblical objective? He said, hardly. The scriptures say the exact opposite. It says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. But it, does that mean we don't want to strive for getting A's? He says, in one sense, grades are unimportant. What is important? is that your child learn, learn to do his work diligently 
for the glory of God. And it's like, wow. I mean, that's a whole... Changes the why behind your life. It, it really does. When we begin to think about the purpose of our lives and that we are here to glorify God, that we have, God's called us to point to him and that our, we have this, again, this Godward orientation. Now, I, now I'm trying to achieve A's in school and to, to do my best. Um, Ellie, my youngest, just came home from college and she goes, you know, Dad, I think, you know, I'm not for sure. I said, well, what kind of grades did you get, honey? And I said, but more than that, did you give your best in your relationship with God? And, and did, did you try to honor Jesus in what you were doing and studying? I mean, I, I, so many times we, I, I've heard parents over the years, you know, we just got to get A's. And if they don't get A's, then I'm going to get mad at you. And uh, I, I'm thinking of a guy right now that I, I mean, who's, who's now with the Lord, but he, he was all about A's. I'm like, nothing wrong with A's, but we got to get the why. You, you guys got thoughts on that? Actually, you know what? My goodness, our, yeah. time, our time is up. Um, listeners, if you have not bought and, and purchased the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, go online, buy it and uh, read it, uh, read it with your spouse, read it with your kids. It is incredible material. It is rich, rich, rich. But uh, Rob, are you going to say something before we're going we're, we're to close? No, no, I, I think that's a great close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, uh, Cameron, would you, why don't you pray for us? Pray for us dads that we would really get this. We're, we're, we're not going to bat a thousand. We're not going to bat close to a thousand, but we need God's help as dads. Would you pray for us, please? Sure, be glad to. Father, just thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending your son. Mm. And uh, thank you for these dads, these men that are here in the studio with us and also the ones that are listening. And Father, we just ask that you would help us dads to embrace um, this biblical model of parenting. And ultimately, Father, we just ask that uh, you help us to become love Mm. and that we can know you more. And Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Cameron. Appreciate yep. it very much. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Yeah, he writes here, thank you. Ted Tripp writes, teaching your children to live for the glory of God must be your overarching objective. You must teach your children that for them, as for all of mankind, life is found in knowing and serving the true and living God. The mm-hmm. only worthy goal for life is is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that reminds me of the two trees in the Garden of Eden that were in the middle of it. There were two trees, and one of them we were told not to eat, Adam and Eve was told not to eat from. That was the knowledge of good and evil. That is the behavior tree. Act right, how to act. And there's only one of those trees that gives us life. And that's the tree over there that life, and now we only have life in Christ. So we're teaching our kids to not behave well but to go to the one who gives life his name is Jesus and we cannot behave our way into life only Jesus can give us that so that's what we're trying to teach our kids growing up and I'm blowing it every day and that's why I have to (laughs) repent and ask forgiveness so hey if you're listening guys we know you're blowing it too and we love you and we'll blow it together but that's what we want on this show is to help point us in the right direction in the direction his name is Christ Jesus and we believe you are fulfilling your destiny when you walk with God and uh, you do that through Jesus Christ. And we pray that you're doing that and that you will do that and we'll teach your kids to do the same. Hey, thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.